0: hi welcome to the let's do the sports podcast uh today we're here with our very first show um i'm joshua formerly of the offsides podcast um i'm joined here by a good buddy of mine steven steven why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself
1: hi josh thanks for having me on Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the first show with you um yeah, I'm a current strength coach at modern day high school and uh, work with all sorts of teams. It was uh, at Michigan State and Cal and Cal Poly, and uh, been, in, been in football locker rooms and on the field, on the sidelines, of multiple places. And hopefully, I can uh, give the listeners a little bit of insight here on to what we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited to have you. Um, Steven here is. One of my favorite people to talk sports with, um, one of the most level-headed people here, so I think we're going to have some good discussions, and it's just that, discussions, no heated debates, nothing like that, but just kind of two people talking sports. Um, so, favorite thing to do. Yep, can't beat it, can't beat it. So today on the docket, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the college football season. Um, and how we how we thought it it went, um, you know. Looking into now we're we're to the point where we're starting those college football rankings and the the college football playoff. Who we think should be in, who we think shouldn't. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, how do you think the season went um, overall? How do you think everything was handled? Um, just just uh, just whatever. What were your thoughts on the season?
1: Yeah, well, what a mess. Was the first reaction that I came up with. But uh, with that being said, I I think there was no blueprint way to handle this season, and I think they navigated it the best that they could. Um, And and you can always go back and say, well, they should have done this or what about this. But the fact that we are playing college football here in the middle of December and are slated to have a postseason, a bowl season, all this stuff, is a really good sign um, for these institutions, obviously, to make some money and um, for the players, for the kids. Um, it's really unfortunate the way it has gone, um, especially for those seniors and uh, for those those guys who are borderline draft stock. All those those kinds of things, and uh, it's also tough when you've got so many of these teams that are missing games or not playing or conferences that are just not as eligible as other conferences to so it's definitely messy and um you know from a from a play standpoint the quality of play is obviously not as high as we're used to seeing and um i I think it's reflected based on you look at the top 10 and it's uh, i mean sure maybe the top four is what you might expect but uh there's a lot of Teams you wouldn't expect in there, and part of that, a, 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 a testament to how good some of these lower tier schools have done, um, but also how many of these, like you look at an LSU who's really, really struggled. And so I have a lot of thoughts on why some of these bigger schools may have fallen off. But yeah, those are kind of that's kind of my uh, word vomit of how I think of the season so far.
0: Now, my uh, my, I guess one issue is the inconsistency of the cancellations sure um, <clears throat> now I, I get Yeah, you, you have to be you have to err on the side of safety um, you know I I like having that threshold you know a certain number a certain percentage of the team um, is out with it or, or whatever then boom games canceled what I don't like is it, it doesn't seem to me that that was necessarily follow, followed. And what I mean by that is, you look, um, the Big Ten just had to change their requirements for the Big Ten championship, and that's yeah. because they had to get Ohio State in there. Now, Ohio what? State is the best team in the Big Ten, so they should have been in there, you know, regardless of if they played one game, if they played ten, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for example, they had their uh, game against Illinois. They canceled. Now they hadn't hit the threshold yet, but um, they were still able to cancel it. Not sure the reason. I think it was a first game without Ryan Day. Um, so you know maybe they just didn't want that upset kind of a thing. Illinois looked you know decent. At times this year, they're not a bad football team. Not a great football team, but... um, So, you look at that, and then you look at the situation, like... Every Minnesota game I've watched, they've had, like, 20 guys out of the game (laughs) with coronavirus. I think this week, they were without 33 of their scholarship players or something like that.
1: 33 guys. Now, I don't know
0: if all of that is COVID, but why is it that they're playing... But Ohio State can kind of opt out of this game despite not hitting that threshold. You know, so there's that inconsistency. You hear about teams, um, you know, some, some conferences, they allowed them to reschedule. Some didn't. And, and I, I get that conference to conference, they need to have their own set of rules and stuff. But it just, like you said, it was just a big mess. Um that there's no real continuity between everything to try and get it how do you gauge teams now if you're going forward you know playing only conference playing conference and non-conference this and that so um I, i like the idea i just don't think the execution was done well um
1: but yeah, uh, yeah. It, oh, with, with the NFL there's been inconsistencies too on how certain teams have been handled and, and things like that so yeah you know whether it's the state, the conference the NCAA, whatever jurisdiction these teams are under it's all a little bizarre no doubt about it and even look back to the beginning of the season why you know you look at the Big Ten suspending play um because they were, they, were, they were trying to be extra careful. Um, and um, and you can't blame them for that. But at the same time, you've got all of Ohio playing football, and then Ohio State's not playing football. And so they, they had to do something about it. Now they're short games. And, and I think, it, yeah, of course, they're like, oh, well, we have to change the rules. Like, I get it. Ohio State probably is the top 14 in the country, but. It, it, it is inconsistent. You're absolutely right, and it, it feels like certain teams or schools are bending rules or getting getting benefits that maybe others aren't.
0: Well, I I think see, I I'm on the fence here, and part of me is like, hey, they shouldn't have even put a minimum game rule in there. Because you had to know that not yeah. all the teams are going to play the same. But I think yeah. at the same time, it was smart because it was it was almost like, hey, this is your, your way of, I guess, monitoring, to keeping it from getting out of control. Um, because it's like, okay, well, we can only miss two games on the season. I think it's two games. Big Ten had eight-game season, if I'm not mistaken. So we can only miss yeah. two. So we better keep our stuff under wrap you know we can't be getting sure. too high of numbers this and that so um <clears throat> i liked and didn't like that um to say i'm, I'm still kind of still not sure where i where i where i fall on that um but yeah. at, you, you had to have known if you're the big 10 or somewhat Pac 12 i i get it you want to do the right thing but was there anyone in the back of their mind that really said we aren't playing football this year And the reason I ask that is because if that's the case, the SEC and the Pac-12 were kind of smart in the sense that they built in bye weeks, A, to get people healthy, and B, so they can reschedule. They got to play 10 games, you know, um, now a few teams, I don't think have hit that, but, um... See this? This I think the the um, Pac-12 and SEC are both going to be at ten games. Mountain West at ten games. Um, ACC. You mean the Big Twelve. Was that? You mean the Pac-12
1: yeah. and SEC? Yes.
0: Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that. But they they built these. They said, "All right, it's it's not realistic that we're not going to play." So let's start the season how we were. Let's put these things into place, you know, for if cancellations, whatever, um, or in the instance of BYU and in Costa Carolina if their opponents, you know, aren't able to play, they can schedule for out of conference if that if if their conference allowed for that. Yeah. Um so I I, I just you, you gotta wonder if it almost would have been more safe just to start the season ahead of time and give those those breaks or those you know added in bonus of makeup games along the season to to make it safer just i don't know just kind of my my thoughts my my ramblings on that
1: sure uh, again, in the time-side 2020, and you know, they, they're just trying to get as much information and, as possible. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I will say that I'm not sure that the Pac-12 actually thought they were going to play. I, I don't know. I, I think the way that the Pac-12 was operating, at least from the initial, was they were like, well, wow, screw it, we're not going to play. Yeah. And I. I you can look at, I don't know, the different reasons. Uh, oh, well, we're more academic institutions. Uh, we don't care as much about that stuff. Um, you know, or, or just California laws, or um, or they just the fact that they knew that they weren't going to be competitive. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe the football teams themselves were trying to get ready to play, and thinking they were going to play, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the pac 12 as an entire organization i thought that to me to me and maybe it's outlandish but i thought they were trying to take the easy way out by trying not to play Mm -hmm. um and and obviously financially it doesn't make sense not to play but it seemed to me that they were they were like screw it we're not playing and and finally the Big 10 was like well the heck with that like no, we're going to find a way to play and the Pac-12 was like,
0: "Well, crap, we better now find a way to play too." <laughs> when when Ohio State comes knocking and says, "Hey, we want to play, we need to play." You don't tell Ohio State no if you're the Big 10. <laughs>
1: they
0: they bring you <laughs> they bring you a large portion of your money, your you know, your everything. Um, they are the pride and joy of the Big 10, and rightfully so when it comes to football. Um, so yeah, I, I almost I, I will say, I I did think that the Pac-12 would be the one Power 5 conference that didn't play if there was one. Yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll give it that, but... So... Alright, we're looking here now. We're going to dive in a little bit. Um, kind of the, the rankings, what we see here. Um, kind of our thoughts on it. And then, uh, you know, go from there. So right now, college football playoff rankings, it's Bama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, and then outside looking in are Texas A&M 5 and Florida 6. Right. Do you agree? You disagree? What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I don't think you can necessarily disagree with those top four teams. Mm -hmm. Um I you Notre Dame beats Clemson, granted, I know it was out without Trevor Lawrence, but uh still they're undefeated. They played the a full schedule. Santa's always been I mean, these are these are pro, these are not a surprise for me. Um I I think they probably and we already kind of mentioned that so what, Ohio State is a low game town. It doesn't really doesn't matter. Um so now if you paired Florida or Texas A&M against Ohio State, I think that would be a really good game. Um, And I think Florida and A&M do have chances to crack in there. Um, But I think it's pretty unlikely. I I don't think there's any indication of Ohio State losing um, and and finding their way in. I think that's the only way they would get booted. So, um, I I think it's tough for a team like Cincinnati who's 8-0 and They've done really well, and this is sort of your UCF situation from a few years ago. Uh, But Cincinnati was pretty good last year. They're even better this year, I think. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. They obviously wouldn't be able to compete with your Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, those guys. But um, I don't know. I I thought it would have been pretty cool in a year like this to give a team like that a a crack at it. Uh, But in reality, I think the top four – whatever order you want to put it in, is probably the top four that we probably would have seen anyway. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think the one surprise is Notre Dame. Um, I, okay, don't, I don't know yeah. that I would have thought to see them in the top four, but yeah, the way these last five or so years have gone, it's always been Bama, Clemson, Eugene, Oklahoma, who's had a rough year Um yeah. A rough rough start to the year, I should say. They they've kind of smoothed it out so a little that, bit, yeah. and then you you, yeah. you kind of figured your your Ohio State's um, who's another one that maybe maybe Georgia. a Pac twelve team Georgia yeah
1: yeah um, Oregon usually tries to find their way in the conversation. Notre Dame has been there though. It's not like they're a, a huge surprise. They, no, they've, they've been in the playoffs.
0: Well, no, it's yeah. just the ACC. Have they ever had two teams in? I don't think they've ever had two teams. And so, joining the ACC for this year, if you would have said to me, Notre Dame or Clemson, who's going from the ACC, my vote's going to be Clemson. And so, that's that's why I figured probably two SEC teams, Clemson, and then I would have said Ohio State, um, just because they're loaded top to bottom, you know, they continue to reload. Um, they just bless their hearts. They finally got a break, but they just got the number one receiver of the 2022 class. Finally, finally catching some breaks here for Ohio State. Sense the sarcasm, no, but um, I this you you mentioned how this is the year that you would like to see a team like Cincinnati come in there and yeah, um, you know because let's be honest, does this year matter? more or less in previous years. And I'm going to say less just because it's just right. this, no one knows anything. And this would be the time to experiment because the reason why there are four teams in the college football playoff. Well, there's two reasons. And I think one to create discussion, a year round discussion. And that, that keeps it relevant. People are always talking. Oh, yeah. we need more. We need less dissolve it, Whatever. Having four teams is that perfect amount to create that discussion year-round of what to do with the college football playoffs. Mm -hmm. The other one is if you have too many teams, it then takes away the meaningfulness of your other bowl games. Your New Year Six, even some of those other mid-tier bowl games. They they lose that much more. They become that much more lackluster. So they, they can't have too many of the good teams in the college football playoffs because then those bowl games don't matter. <clears throat> now, i not a big fan of of making... I, I, I saw something on Twitter today of, or uh, a couple of days ago with 16 teams. That's ridiculous. There are not I, 16 I... teams that are good enough to win a college football championship. Yeah. There are usually two or three yeah. in the year um, that are deemed good enough. And one of those, you know, two or three will win it. Um, but what I thought, and this is this would be the year to try it, would be six. I say okay. six teams. You have uh, each of the conference winners of the Power Five. Okay. And then your best group five um, team. Okay. So how that works is they're then ranked one through six. And one and two get by, two plays six, three plays five. Or, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I, three, three plays six, four plays five. That creates – because with this college football playoff and it dominating discussion, conference championships no longer matter. We see that year in, year out when the SEC puts in two oh, yeah. teams. You don't have to win your conference and be put in. So why should yep. they? Yep. When you do this, it creates an emphasis on winning your conference, which is important. That's yep. a big deal. Especially if you're in the ACC or, or – I'm sorry, the SEC, um, where it's just loaded – you know, Pac-12, where it's wide open every year. Big 10 or ACC if you're a team not other than Ohio State or Clemson. So this puts this emphasis back on winning your conference. It also rewards teams for not only being hot at the right time, because they go on to win their conference championship, but for being consistent. Why is it a team that loses week one and two or week you know, usually they don't have. Why is a team that loses you know early on in the season to some yeah. team they shouldn't have? Why do they? You know, oh well, they turned it around and played better, so now they they deserve it. Right. Tough cookies. They should have done that all year. College football is. It's oh, who's the best? And I get it. It's about ratings. It's about you know TV money, all of that. But these teams should be rewarded for you know putting out results. And that'll put, again, more emphasis on not just winning your conference, but just regular season as a whole. Um, So, I think six would be the ideal. Um, I I think the non-conference schedule, now granted, if this is a regular year, you'd have your non-conference schedule. But I think that's something that needs to change. um, Because you shouldn't get rewarded for beating teams 62 to three that have a total of um, zero, four, three, four, five stars, you know, okay. you, you know, Bama, when well, I'm talking to you, Bama, I'm playing UNL or UL Monroe, you know, right. three of the first four, four weeks of the season. And then, you know, whatever. So, um, I, six is my ideal number. And, it, it also allows people to realize, hey, where is the group five in terms of power five? Okay, what actually is the best conference? It answers some of those questions. And I don't know, you can get those UCFs to shut up. You didn't win the national championship when you beat Auburn in whatever year it was. You you want to you run your mouth, say you want Bama, all this cool. You can have Bama. Let's see what you do. So that's end rant there. That's, that's where I'm at on the college football playoff. Bracket.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you got a lot of interesting points there. And, uh, and starting with, I think this year would be a fun way to try something different. Um, especially to increase revenue and things like that. And, um, I do agree that the emphasis on the conference championships um, are definitely diminished as they are right now, and um, so I will I will split the difference with you on my. I, now I'm going to say this for a regular type of season. Um, instead, I mean I, I think this should happen anyway. But I do I do like an 18 playoff. I, I do think 16 is ridiculous, as you say. But I think eight would be cool. And the way that you do it, I know, and we'll, we'll talk about the bowl game ordeal, but I, I think what you can do is you make it eight teams, all five get, all power five conferences get their bid, just like you said, for your six format, right? And I, and I love that because it increases the importance of the conference championship, everybody's in it, oh, okay, well, when the conference, we get in the college football playoff. So all five of the power fives, and then you get two at-large bids. Are like two wild card teams, basically. This gives your chance, like maybe a Georgia, for example, or an LSU or a Bama. Like you can probably get two of those in there, um, so it doesn't screw that. Um, and I, I think that's pretty fair too, because in some cases they can't even make their conference championship because I lost to Alabama or whatever it is. So um, I think you get two at large bids. So maybe like a, a you know like a Georgia, for example. And and who knows? I mean, like I don't know. That's a good example. Like in this case, Notre Dame. You know that, that could be your other at large bid. Um, so, and then your eighth team is your best of the power uh, the group of five. So you get all eight of those teams in there, and then you rank them however you need to rank them. Um, but I do I do think that conference championships automatically automatically should have the one through five bits. Um, just, and even though like your Georgia might be better than your Oregon, doesn't matter, you won the power, that's your, your reward for winning conference. And then what you do is you, so then you rank everybody. And then you do your one one versus eight, your two versus seven, whatever, all those. And you give, you make it a home game for the top four seeds. So you reward the top four seeds. Okay. For 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 getting that that spot now, I, like now it sucks if you're the fifth power five and you're like, well, we should have got a home field game, but like, let's be honest, like, you know, is is in Oregon as good as I don't know? Whoever wins the Pac-12 is usually usually the weaker the weaker end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but uh, but regardless, I think it still solves a lot of issues, and so you get a home game for that first round of the playoffs. I mean, can you imagine how spicy it would be, you know, for like Cincinnati to go down to Alabama and, and, and or, or even, even more fun, like, um, what would be a good example? Like Florida going into Ohio State. Yeah. You know, like in the, in the cold December month. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that could get really spicy. Um, so, and what you do for those games is because the top four, the way that it is now, the college football playoff, like the Rose Bowl and all those, like they still get rotated in. They mm. still get two bowl games out of the college football playoff. So really, all you need to do is generate two more bowl games. And what you can do is you can just there can be you can create another bowl game somewhere else, um, and then you can just give the major bowl games to these top eight teams, no matter what. Um, so yeah, I guess you do have the potential to maybe a team gets two bowl games um, in that sense. But I, I mean, I think it, I think it can be worked around. Um, I, and 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 if if the argument is well, the rest of the bowl games really don't mean much. Like, well, it doesn't really matter as long as the schools are making money. I think that's the the important point.
0: As I so, care about as long
1: as you as long as you can match the revenue, who cares? if you're, oh, well, we got the Rose Bowl and an Orange Bowl game, um, or, you know, who, who cares, the Armed Forces Bowl. Like, like as, as long as you're getting the money, I'm sure there's a way it could work out. So then what you do is, then once you get to your final four teams, then you have a your neutral site locations, and then you play the college football playoff as normal. But I, I think in that sense, You give the bids, like I said, the conference championships, you you reward them. And then it does give a group of five a shot. It does give the at-large bids a shot. I think it would create for a very interesting December, January. Um, And all you would have to do is, because some teams would be playing an extra game, like all you have to do is is just start the season a week earlier because then everybody's worried about final exams and things like that. And, you know, if you want, you can throw in a second box. But I do think the schedule needs to be refined, like you said. I think everybody should play um, your 12 games. And I totally agree that I think 10 of them should be in conference. And then the other two, you can get, i say you're allowed one free game. Like, you know what, if you want Cal to go play UC Davis, fine. But the next game has to be against an out-of-conference like Michigan State-Miami, for example. Like mm-hmm. That would have happened this year.
0: If you're so Power I, 5, I think, you play a Power 5. If you're Group 5, you play yeah. Group 5, so on and so forth.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that should be... So you only get one free game to kind of get your feet wet, and then you get one out-of-conference, and then boom, it's conference the rest of the way. And that way you know that the conference championship is legit, too because everybody has played each other in that conference. Mm -hmm. So, uh, at least better than it is right now, I think.
0: My, my uh, I guess one issue with it is, and and this is, I I had this issue before, even now that they do the four, where it's, you know, um, two bowl games, and then the next week or two weeks or whatever is the national championship. I think the two bowl games that get rotated in for that year, I feel like it just loses their lust. It okay. loses that pizzazz of... So, for example, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, Yeah. that should yeah. be a standalone event. That is one of the biggest events of the year. That should not be one of those college football playoff bowl games. Because I think okay. here's how it should go. <clears throat> You, team should, should I, I'm sure if if you win the Big Ten, for example, okay, and you have the choice of going college football playoff or going Rose Bowl, I get the feeling you're probably going to go college football playoff. But I mm-hmm. feel like the Rose Bowl shouldn't be overshadowed by the fact that it's in the college football playoff. That's a big deal. Like, Got it. it. Got you. So I guess... Sure, I guess the peach bowl, you wanna make it one of them, and then the sugar bowl, okay, cool. But I don't know. I just think at least for the Rose Bowl sake, I think that should be its own standalone game. You know, and, and, and it just I don't know, the New Year's the New Year, the New Year's six just I just think it gets overshadowed because I couldn't tell you which bowl games were the college football playoff games and so I, I, I
1: that. yeah
0: couldn't care less you know about them because of that but um, that that's probably just my one my one issue um, with that but I think it would be it, cool it is, to have yeah. first round of playoffs of college football playoffs be top four teams gonna get a home field advantage I think that'd be pretty cool and and, and spice it up for sure.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you too. I I always I thought that as well. Like, yeah, the Rose Bowl definitely doesn't have the significance it used to, um, in, in in these days. And and I guess that's an interesting argument by itself. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's some good good stuff right there. All
0: right, so we we have that. Um, how do you think the, the let's let's assume right now? Okay, so. We have next week our conference championships. Okay, so we have Ohio State and Northwestern, and that's going to be a blowout. So Ohio State right there, that's one spot locked up. You have um, Iowa State and Oklahoma for the Big 12.
1: Okay. Which could help Iowa State if they do take care of business
0: there. Okay, so they're what are they seven and one, eight and one, right? Eight and two. I don't think yeah. a, I, I don't think a two loss team gets in. I really don't.
1: I I don't think so either. But it could could cause an interesting discussion depending on what happens with Clemson Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, and so that's the next big one, and then Bama Florida. Florida at one loss. So yeah. Okay, let's. Let's play chaos here, all right? Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson beats Notre Dame this time. Let's say it's super, super close game, real good one like last time. You have to assume that those two teams are deserving, do you not? And let's say Florida beats Bama, so they're both one loss.
1: So then, so then, what happens is in that scenario is how bad does Clemson beat Notre Dame?
0: Well, let's because, let's say it's a close one.
1: Wow. Well, well, yeah, that, that's, well then then you then you can start talking about the legitimacy of Ohio State because remember the what happened a few years ago when they ended up winning the whole thing they had to bump TCU out just mm-hmm. to get them in. Yep. and if Florida goes in, if Florida goes and beats Bama, well then I mean you'd have a, a super good argument there. Um, but I, I do, you know, there, there's a. <laughs> this is maybe me biased, just despising Notre Dame. But uh, I know they beat Clemson. I know, yeah, I was about op- Trevor Lawrence, but they really haven't done all that much to impress me um, outside of that Clemson win. They beat, like, a okay, a number 17 UNC, big deal. Um, So if Trevor Lawrence goes in there and lights up Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame's legitimacy is in question for sure. Okay. Um, But if it's close, like we said, and Florida goes and beats, then you have an argument for Florida to get in over Ohio State. I, I do think you'd still earn the right for cleansing Notre Dame. Yeah, so
0: are there at any point, if if Ohio State loses, obviously they're not considered. So let's let's say Ohio State wins, Clemson beats Notre Dame, so they're each at one loss, and Florida beats Bama, so they're at each at one loss. Are there any untouchables in this situation? Are any of the teams good to go? You know, don't have to worry about it or do you think they're all kind of on the bubble if you will?
1: Well, like like in, in Bama, I, I think I think Bama's untouchable. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I because I don't see I don't yeah. I don't think Florida would blow them out.
0: No, but I mean if they if they beat them You know I,
1: I still think Bama's untouchable, because then you look at your your no well, Clemson's still in there with one loss. So um, Bama would have to be in there with one loss.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have destroyed Auburn, destroyed LSU, just destroyed Arkansas today. Um, destroyed a number three Georgia. Um, the number five ranked team, Texas A&M, they blew them out by 28 points. This team... Yeah. Let's see. Their closest game was against Ole Miss... In Missouri, which they won by 19 points in... I'm sorry. I can't do math. 15 points against uh, Ole Miss. That was their closest game in terms of spread. Two touchdowns. Now, Ole Miss isn't that good, but they're absolutely destroying teams, and now without their number yeah. one receiver. Um, yeah. Florida, I, I think the SEC East... Might be a little weaker, but but still, I mean, let's see, Their one loss is to Texas A and M, so they lost by three to them, and Bama destroyed them. So yeah, I think I think you're right. Even if if Florida does win, Bama's still untouchable. Ohio State wins, I think they're an untouchable. <clears throat> I if you're looking at let's you know let's say Florida wins, Clemson or Florida and Clemson win. You know, so that there's four ten and one or four one loss teams. Okay. They're they're gonna try to play, Bama, Clemson, part. What is it four now or five or whatever? <laughs> I I, yeah. I think that's another thing they really want. Um. And then just after uh, Dabo went and and made the the comment about Ohio State only playing six games and. You know, not having a large enough sample size, so now that creates some controversy, and so then now they're gonna want want to get Clemson and Ohio State playing each other at some point because that, you know, stirs yep. headlines. I think Clemson's in. Whether yeah, if they lose, it's a different story, but if they win, I think they're in. Um,
1: yeah, if they win, they're in for sure. If they do lose to Notre Dame, we'd have to see at what cost. Because then that would put them at risk if a Texas AM or Florida um, decided to to beat, beat Alabama. Yeah. Um.
0: I, I just I don't think they put a two win team in. They have yet to put a two win team in since it started. Lost, yeah. And yeah. there's been a lot of discussions of, or I'm sorry, two loss teams. Um, a lot of discussions of two loss teams. Um. That deserve to be in over one loss teams you know, in past years, and so I I think just to protect themselves, they don't put a two-loss team in, but I think Clemson wins, one loss, boom, they're in, Um, Ohio State wins, boom, they're in, Bama regardless, in, so now your question is Notre Dame and Florida, Um, who do the ratings love more, Notre Dame? Yeah. I, think, I think this is the one time that Notre Dame gets in. And I know technically they're the ACC this year, but they're an independent, so you don't have to worry about the, oh, two conference. No. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what we're looking at. The top four are the four that get in now, pending anything yeah. too crazy.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that.
0: So we are—we're both MSU fans. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, thoughts on the season for MSU?
1: Sorry, I missed that first. He said, At, "What about the season?"
0: Um, what are your thoughts on on Michigan State's oh. season? Pros, uh, cons, anything? Predictions?
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, unfortunately it was expected, mm-hmm. and, and that's—it's hard saying that, but it's true. Uh, they just lost so much talent last year. Um, obviously, a few draft picks and a couple of really good seniors, and uh, they're really young. I I, I think they were try- They had so many injuries last year, and um, but then you got guys opting out of COVID, and you don't have a full off season with with Nell Tucker, and and so the. There, if, if there was going to be any bright side, it wasn't going to happen this year. No way. And and I don't. I mean, I mean, Rocky plus is hard, but like he's he was sort of a de facto quarterback. You know, they didn't really have. playing now I, I, I'm actually really happy with how Peyton Thorn played today. Um, really good kid. And he has some potential, but um, it, it's going to take time for for those for him and. Yeah, I think they have some good skill players. Um, you know, Jordan Naylor, uh, Jalen Jordan, keep missing it up, but um, he comes back, and he's healthy, and he's been really good. And then, uh, uh, you know, you, you got to love uh, Ricky White, the receiver. So they have some, Jaden Reed's really good. They have some good skill players, uh, but... I don't know, but uh, there's some there's some big boys in there, some of them are good, but I think there's a lot of work to be done on those those lines. So mm-hmm. uh, just kind of really disappointing. I, I think when you when you even though it was expected, still disappointing you you go and beat Michigan at the big house. that should not be undermined at all. um that's a That's a big deal, no matter what the circumstance, is, no matter how much you beat them by, no matter how bad Michigan is, still a big deal. Um, so, like, good thing we got that because, <laughs> and and we we upset Northwestern. So I guess I guess you it isn't it wasn't all bad. Uh, Jacqueline Hyde, Penn State,
0: the yeah, Jacqueline Hyde team, but,
1: but they'll lose to Penn State like they, you know it, it seems like every game that they've played has been a really good team one half and a lousy team the second
0: half. It
1: was mm-hmm. Like when they played when they played Indiana, I mean they shut them out in the second half. Yeah, um, and then. Penn State, great first half, terrible second half. Um, Iowa, they just got their butts kicked, uh, and so it, it's and it, it's just a weird, it's a weird circumstance. I don't think it's going to be a couple of years though before they're relevant again. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. I, I I will say this: they've shown some flashes, played a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys got, um, you know, got some time playing. Um, which would be good down the road um, I think Mel hits the, uh, the transfer portal pretty hard especially for the linebacker position um, I like what he did in terms of fan bring, bringing the fans along so we had the old block s um, as a tribute to George Perl- uh, to George uh, and then they, they attributed by playing poorly. Um, did something that they hadn't done since since him, um, and then uh, Gruff Sparty today. That's a thing that fans have been wanting for a few years now. Um, so I think that's that's pretty pretty big. They uh, um, fans are excited about that. I think he has some some momentum. So bringing a little bit of that swagger back. Um, now the next step is building up those trenches, um, especially that offensive yeah. line. Whatever. That's 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 where they they have to start. Um, so yeah. I I can't complain. they show shown flashes. You know he's not some terrible coach or anything like that. They need to get the special teams guy out of there. Um, was it Ross <laughs> Ross Ells? He poof. God you gotta be towards the bottom. Three.
1: punt return for TD, I mean, how many errors have we had on special teams this year?
0: Penalty after penalty, botched punts, missed assignments, large returns, whether it be on kickoff or kick return. The only constant was um, um, Matt Coghlan, who had a pretty good year and an even better (laughs) mullet. So... um, they got some work to do on that front but it's looking up oh yeah and uh yeah final final thought um the game the big game was supposed to be today um you think you think michigan was ducking Ohio state or do you think there's some legitimacy to covid running rampant through their team
1: uh man course the uh, the green and you and me you want to believe that there was uh, there was some conspiracy going on uh trying to trying to screw over um but i, I honestly i i kind of want to believe it um i, I, I think i want to believe it was legit um, so but of course how can you not bring it up uh, it's, uh we'll see what happens with uh
0: our boy Harbaugh. <laughs> I, I, hey, there's there's talks at three year extensions in the works, so we'll see if he takes it or not. But um, I, I, I think I think when Ryan Day in the offseason said they're going to hang a hundred on Michigan, this would have been the year to do it. <laughs> and I, I think that's why <laughs> Michigan didn't play, but Ohio State hung half a century on MSU, so I can't really throw too much shade. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I guess for you, for you, Josh, your final prediction on who's taking the whole thing this year.
0: Yeah, so how I think it plays out, <clears throat> Bama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 4. Um, I, I think we have Obama, Bama-Ohio State. Um, yeah, I, I think Ohio State beats Clemson. Um Bama beats Notre Dame. I think that's gonna be a blowout. Just like last time they played. Um you know what? Give me Ohio State. Oof. Give me Ohio State. Um 31 27. Wow. That team is talented. And they're just I, I understand Bama is too, but I don't know. I just this team is different. So that's that's what I got. Who do you who do you have finishing it off? Oh
1: gosh. I'm going Clemson.
0: Clemson going won it all. No
1: matter no matter what. Uh, because Trevor Lawrence is a once in a generation guy. And uh I, I I think he's going to completely put the team on his back. Um, no matter no matter what happens, I think it's Clemson to lose. Um, I think I think Alabama's kind of had the benefit of. I mean, they, yeah, I know they beat a pretty good Georgia team, but um, I don't know. I'm curious what happens with Florida. I really am. If Bama goes and stomps Florida, I might change my opinion. But um, right now, uh, my indications are uh, pulling pulling for Clemson. And maybe that's just me, not liking, never liking Ohio State, uh, never liking Notre Dame, never liking Nick Saban. <laughs> so I, I, I dislike Clemson out all three, four of them the most. <laughs> so maybe that's my pick. But I, I think they have legit legit chance.
0: <laughs> all right. So last 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 question. Then I'll ask before we we end it off. You think uh, Trevor Lawrence? Uh, enters his name in the draft and goes to New York or oh. he stays for another year
1: Oh, oh man that's the it's, it's turned in, it's turned from a laughable thing to a real a real thing um and so we don't I have no idea um but now you yeah. of course the logic in me is like well no matter what you go to the draft, you become the number one pick, you make your money, you flip that franchise around. And I feel like Lawrence would be that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say he goes, I don't think there's any way he stays another season. I, you just, you, you see it too much where guys do that and they, it costs them. And I don't, I don't think there's any benefit to doing that.
0: He could always pull a, uh, what was it? Eli, the Eli and Phillip. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where he, yeah. where he wants to go. So, hey, if if I'm New York, I'm trading with. We're gonna assume Jacksonville's number two. I'm okay. trading down one spot. I'm getting loaded to whatever they will. They can have Trevor. I'll take Justin Fields along with whatever okay. else they want to give me. And I, you know, I'm looking at the good spot that I could be in if I'm New York. But
1: actually. Really good move, but I mean, I've just has there ever been? I mean, when has it happened? Like, what, I don't know how many first round first overall picks actually get
0: traded? <laughs> uh, very few, if any. Um, yeah, but I think that'd be a, a very Jets move that front office and coaching just doesn't seem to know what to do. But <laughs> all right, I think that's gonna end us off here for the very first. Let's do the sports podcast. Uh, It's been a pleasure. um, And we'll be putting out some new stuff soon. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, follow us along for the next episode.